I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Today we're going to tell you how to make money playing jazz. This is a fictional episode of <laughs> you know. Exactly. And episode finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, all jokes aside, because that's the only jokes we have on this pretty yeah, exactly. much anyway. Um, you know, we're going to get a little bit tacti- tactical. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go into the, the business weeds a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we've given you guys enough musical and, and tourist information. Let's, let's get to the nitty gritty. Yeah, this one is, could be subtitled, How to Get Your Hustle On. Right, right. Yeah. I like that. How to Get Your Hustle On. Okay, the first thing uh, key to this, it should be simple and easy for you to know, and I shouldn't have to say it, but I'm gonna, I feel like I do need to say it. That is to learn how to play well. Okay. <laughs> number one. <laughs> That's number one. So I know you might think that getting a great business card or a great website or a great agent is the most important thing to make money playing jazz, but it turns out, unlike <laughs> a lot of things in the world, how you actually function as a jazz musician has something to do with how much money you can make in doing it. I don't know, man. My business card game, card game is on point. How many grams? What kind of paper? 3.2 point. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, they look, eggshell? Is that a thing? Eggshell, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, whenever you're thinking, of course, we need to spend time on the business side and on the business tip. But if you're not spending most of your time actively improving as a player and as a jazz musician and all the things that you need to do, um, if a majority of your time is not spent on that part of the craft, you're going to really have trouble making a living at this music. Now, it's a very competitive world because it's such a beautiful and wonderful art form and there's so many people that want to be a part of it that even if you spend a lot of time and you get really good you still might not be able to do it it's like i love playing basketball i spent a lot of time you know honing my craft of basketball but i'm yet to make a penny at it i don't know why i keep missing the draft or something i i don't think i get my application in on time have you tried hard enough i I don't think i've tried hard enough (laughs) But I mean, so no guarantees anyway, but you know, you're gonna put yourself in the best position to be able to deliver and make some money and, and more importantly, have a sustainable career if you can play. So the next part of this is to keep practicing so you can continue to be good. You know, once you're good enough to start making some money, it takes some grit and determination to really keep going and keep working at your craft so that you can you know, reach different milestones in your playing and hopefully reach different milestones professionally. I mean, not everybody starts off being a 13-year-old prodigy. Sometimes it takes you to get into a life situation where you have enough time or, or the resources to really progress on your instrument. So I would say, you know, even if you're starting to make some money, do not neglect what got you there, and that's the hustle on your instrument. Right. Every day I'm hustling, hustling. And I mean, you know, for sure, this is not the type of thing that once you do start making some money, it's guaranteed to you. So that's part of the, I guess they would call it, you know, almost like professional development. Totally. You know, people get on certain jobs and they're like, two days a year, you're going to have professional development. We can't do it like that. Like professional development is every day. That's right. It's every day. Some of the best musicians that you'll meet ever who are well-established, some of the most famous people, still practice like every day. Right. You know, that should tell you something. Yeah, I, uh, the, the, the chance I got to play with Ray Brown when I auditioned for him at the Lake Merritt Hotel uh, in, in Oakland, California, 1996, I think it was. 
96, yeah, 96. I mean, this was a real eye-opener. We went and, and played trio for like three hours straight, started at like nine in the morning, just playing tunes, and he was checking me out. And then he's like, all right, let's take a little lunch break. And the drummer and myself were like, cool. So we like got up, we're like, ooh, I'm tired. You know, I'm like 25 years old, like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like, get something to eat. And, and Ray just like, he, he's like, okay, now I'm gonna practice. He didn't say anything, but I was like, why is he still playing? He just said, we're taking a break. He practiced the whole break. Yeah. Like the playing thing was one thing. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get my practice on. But he was Ray Brown, I'm pretty sure already at that point. You know? Yeah, I mean, he had nothing to prove at that point, but he knows that that's what's gonna keep him at the top of his game. And so you gotta keep at it. Apparently he made a little bit of money in this jazz business I too. I hear that's the case. <laughs> um, okay, another way you can make some money playing jazz is to seek out different kinds of performance opportunities. So the obvious ones that you're probably already thinking about are you know, playing gigs at clubs and concerts, and that's good, but there's a lot of other interesting places, and Adam, you're great at this, like you know, we're in here working on different things and you'll be like, oh, I've got a gig at the chess museum, or I've got a gig in the atrium of the, of the little boy and little girl's home or whatever, you know? <laughs> I mean, just examples. Yeah, you know? totally. And, uh, but I mean- Tonight at 8.30 p.m. <laughs> yeah, don't miss it. Yeah. No, but I mean, there's a lot of situations, and I'm not just talking about background gigs, although that's a good way to make money too, you know, kind of a little trio in the corner kind of thing. But I mean, there's all sorts of different venues that, especially like anything that has to do with like art or, or, or things like that, that this music can really fit in, in well. So sometimes you have to go actively seek those out and talk to the people and say, hey, have you ever thought about having a little gig here or something? Yeah, and I, just to, to hop on that a little bit, you know, the gigs you're kind of talking about usually are concerts um, that, I, that I book like this. And the key is most cities, even a medium-sized city like St. Louis has a really thriving art scene with right. people that want to throw to, to put on concerts. So if you can put together a compelling program, a show, um, you know, an actual like where you're not just playing pickup tunes or whatever, and you know, but but actually make something that that uh, has a compelling story to it or something like that. You, it's easy to book gigs with these organizations that are, that are always looking for opportunities like that. So Right, and don't believe you know, what you're gonna commonly hear. Nobody likes jazz, nobody wants to hear jazz, it's hard to get a gig. Sometimes, ironically enough, that's at jazz clubs. Totally. Like you'll go to a club and say, look, I wanna have my trio, I want my quartet, and the, the surly, you know, book, you know, old school guy who's booking the club is like, well, what kind of audience do you have? What's your latest CD and all this? They make it hard for you. And you're like, well, I'm a jazz musician. This is a jazz club. Whereas when you go into, you know, a small gallery or something and say, you know, I've got some music that I wrote and we're going to do some free form improvisation in between it that's going to relate to this new exhibit that you have. Wouldn't that be a cool thing? They're looking for those kind of ideas Absolutely. a lot of times. Totally. I mean, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. Um, the next point is to compose and publish your music. This is a big one for me. You know, as a professional musician, I probably make, it's almost, at this point, it's almost half and half between writing and performing for me. And, you know, it's, it's a huge, been a huge boost to my professional life to compose and arrange for other people. Um, so it can be, you know, but, you know, just like playing, you have to work at it too. You know, right. you can't just say like, oh, I'm going to be a composer now and just go get some gigs. You have to, I, almost all of these same principles apply. You have to you have to work at it. You have to keep working at it. You have to uh, seek out opportunities and network, and 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 eventually you can start making some money from composing and, and arranging and publishing your own stuff. Yeah, that's uh, an area that is just ripe for development and exploitation, specifically for jazz musicians, because a lot of the organizations, um, foundations. 
uh, and venues that will put up the money for compositions. You know, commissions yeah. are, are actually specifically attracted to anything that has anything to do with jazz. Yeah. You know, I remember the first time an uh, organization commissioned a, compos a, you know, a piece for me, and they were like, we want you to write this piece for the 12 minutes long, it's gonna premiere in like two years. I'm like, whew, okay, I've got some time. But I immediately thought, oh, they want like a classical style thing. No, they and want your like, thing. They want, yeah, they want it. They were like, no, yeah. we want it to be jazzy. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna come in and you know, do this whole big classical thing. They're like, no, we want you to do your thing. And, and they wanna be able to present it to their audience as something new. I mean, they've got Beethoven, Bach, and all that. This is a really good point, actually. This is something you could seek out in, in your area if there's there are classical organizations and orchestra, you know, even if it's a muni orchestra or you know a chamber group, um, you know, go to their concerts and meet them and talk to them and let them know that you can arrange pops things. You know, pops to them means anything that's not classical, <laughs> exactly. right? But I mean, this is a big thing to be able to. You know, sometimes they're going to do a concert and they're like, oh, I wish we had a string quartet version of the way you look tonight. Well, guess who could do that? you, Mr. Jazz Musician, like right. that's way up your alley, so make sure to get on that. Absolutely. Um, the next thing we're gonna look at to make some money uh, playing jazz or composing jazz uh, is online opportunities. Now, this is an area that's relatively new, but it's starting to get some maturity, so we're thinking about, you know, music for YouTube videos, you know, for video games, for different websites. You know, jazz music is such a flexible and interesting music, and it can be atmospheric, it can be, you know, upbeat, all the different things that, you know, kind of ad agencies, digital marketing agencies look for um, and need for the music, and it's such a big component. I mean, if you look at any of the biggest YouTubers out there, and, and you really talk about the, how they produce their videos and the process they go through, they will tell you what a big part music is to their process of presenting these videos. And so, although, yeah, a lot of times they're not necessarily interested in jazz, a lot of times they are, and everyone's trying to differentiate themselves. So see if you can partner with a great content creator uh, on YouTube or elsewhere on wise, uh, uh, online, and then you can present your music in an interesting way and make some money. That's great. Uh, our next point is to teach others. Um, you could teach private lessons, of course. I mean, this has been a way that jazz musicians have survived for years and years since there was jazz. There was always a, a, a young kid asking the question of a professional, the professional is saying, well, let's have a lesson then. You know, yeah, I'm not right. going to give that away for Does free. Does your mommy have a checkbook? That's right. So, so be a part of that great tradition and yep. teach yourself. I mean, it is a great way to, to supplement your income. You know, you could also uh, teach online. We're sitting here from our studio where where Peter's been you know, making lessons for years now and has developed a whole online uh, lesson program. Would you and be referring to Open Studio? Open Studio is the name of that, oh, okay. of that company that, that we are both very heavily involved in. <laughs> okay. But you know, they're great resources where you can make a little money doing this yourself. Um, you know, we are friends with uh, Adrian over at SoundSlice and they have a mm -hmm. whole program where you could put up your own lessons to sell. That's right. It's really, really cool. It's, it's kind of limitless, but you know, it's all part of that, that hustle. Right. of seeking out these opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you can either, you know, just relegate yourself to accepting people's saying, and, and this could be any, anybody from your, your mother to your friends to an article that you read, but somebody saying you can't make any money in the music business, you can't make any money playing jazz, you can't make any money playing classical music. Um, and it's just not true, you know, I yeah. mean, if, but, but, you, but you do have to get your hustle on, it's competitive, and, but there are opportunities out there. And I would just say, if all the things that we've said so far fail, 
you can try to get a rich uncle or hope that you find a rich uncle or maybe there was a rich uncle that you didn't know about that dies and leaves you some money. That's a way to make money and then you can just play jazz by yourself at home. Probably the greatest single piece of advice for any jazz <laughs> to get a rich uncle. <laughs> That's right. And I was, you know, we're trying to be politically correct and, and adapt to the times. I was going to say get a sugar daddy or something. Well, but I don't even think we can talk about that anymore. You know, <laughs> what you got to do. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. That's it for today's episode of You'll Hear It. We'll be back tomorrow, but if you need more information, you can go to youllhearit.com. <laughs>